What a meal. Do not shit on the bus. Welcome, Adam. Hello. I'm in California. Neil's in Florida. Neil. The most lawless state in the world. It's Thanksgiving. It is. How's your, how's your day going? I went for a walk. This is different because we're recording in the morning. We've never done this before. And it's 100% my fault. I haven't done anything either. I literally just woke up. And it's it's weird, but it's kind of awesome. Yeah, I like it. I feel like we're doing a radio talk show, except nobody's listening other than Connor. <laughs> Hi, welcome to our radio talk show. None of you are out there. Nobody's here. Well, Neil, congrats on opening a restaurant. I know that's like the that's why we're recording today is because Neil decided to be selfish and make a career for himself that he's been working on for three years. And Yeah, apparently it's a lot of work to open a restaurant. <laughs> so I found and can't just walk in there and fucking do it one day. We for the, we opened this week. So for the past three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, obviously today is Thanksgiving. We didn't work today. So today's my day off. Yeah. The past three days have felt like three weeks. I've done more work than I've done in the last 10 years. That's saying a lot, too, because you tour. Yeah, but I was saying this, you know, like when you're in a band that are that has been fortunate enough to be as successful as we have, you only have to work for like an hour or two hours a day. And usually a lot of people do all the hard stuff for you. Yeah, I've been kind of spoiled. And so the past three days is the hardest I've worked. (laughs) last like 10 years which is pretty awesome you went back down to like kind of van tour of restaurants exactly which isn't really down i don't mean it like it's worse or anything it's just you have to do everything right no and i understand what you're saying it's like you start in the van you're doing every job because you don't have enough room to bring people to do more jobs or enough money to pay them to do jobs and now we're kind of in that situation with the restaurant where we're in this little small market spot we don't have the space to pay a hundred people to do a hundred different jobs so we're gonna have to consolidate all the work into like here's 10 i think we have 14 employees here's 14 people here's all the work that has to happen to sell this much food then you got to clean up and it's just that's why we couldn't do it yesterday is because i had to clean up it's like the the local show of restaurants everybody in the crowd is actually just your parents it's like (laughs) you know what i mean it's like the people that are shopping at the store just the employees on break i think we did i think we did yesterday we did like over 300 orders holy crap that's a lot from 11 a.m till 7 p.m and we had a line around the building from when we opened until until we closed and we had to tell people all right we're done it's 7 p.m we have to like be done we're not going to be able to serve you (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> what a crazy concept. You have concept. to get out of line and like go home. We'll be here on Friday. <laughs> it's like the DMV. Dude, it was crazy. And it was awesome. Like I'm super grateful that this is happening and this is how it's going down. I, that's why I couldn't make the podcast. Cause like yesterday I was like, you know, I'll get, I'll set it up. I'll push it back from when we normally do it. We'll do it at eight 30 or nine my time. You're probably exhausted though. We ended a uh, service at seven. So we started cleaning up. It took us about an hour and a half to get everything spotless. So, Cause everything has to look new as it does when you come in in the morning at the end of the shift. And so we all worked our asses off, cleaned everything up. And then uh, Mary comes back and she's like, we're going to decorate for the holidays. You're like, wait, here's some eggnog <laughs> and some rum and all this stuff. And I'm just like, fuck, <laughs> this is awesome. But shit, I knew what the call was as soon as you called me. It's like, all right, we're not doing it today. Mary just walks in the door with like all these bags. She's like, we're going to decorate. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Mary's like, no podcast for you. It's okay. It's it's cool this way. It's kind of like an interesting vibe on Thanksgiving. I feel very relaxed. I don't know Me why. Me too. I'm like, I'm happy. Yeah. Feeling chill. There's people outside running around in turkey outfits. Is that a thing I didn't know about? Wait, is Thanksgiving even a thing? Like a holiday? 
I guess it is. Yeah, it's a holiday, but like there's was people running around in weird outfits. I guess maybe there's usually like a marathon that probably isn't happening this year because of Corona. So people are just kind of doing it on their own. They're like, fuck it. I'm running a marathon. <laughs> they're just, you know, they're just doing their own thing. Well, that's awesome. Congrats on your opening. I did not do much this last week other than work on the podcast. So that's a lot, though. Yeah, it was a lot of work. I'm working on the website. Some Oh, we started a glossary that'll eventually go live, but I've been starting to kind of take people's suggestions online for a different word. Like we'll add all the words that we go over on the podcast into there and it's in the Patreon. So people are, you know, they're helping us build it and they're telling it, letting us know all the terms they don't know so we can add it to it. But I have a word. What is it? Copy. Like on a radio? Copy that. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good one. See, I, I think that like if someone doesn't, is not used to using radios and they heard someone say that they'd kind of get it after a second but in the beginning they're like what the fuck okay can i tell you one that i didn't know yeah well there's a lot i knew but this one blew my mind it's from what's his name this guy guy on warp tour he was a main stage guy that was like super tatted that makes sense oh yeah Ooh, adam you didn't press save and i found it okay it's called a piss and risk what I, <laughs> what even is that <laughs> bus driver puts it in cruise control and runs to the bathroom only works on freeways oh <laughs> Wow. That cannot really be a thing. The piss and risk? <laughs> <laughs> There's no uh, way that's a thing. We used to do this. Okay, so I guess this is kind of similar, but like when we were in the van, we heard rumor. We never did it. We did something similar, which was probably equally as dangerous. But so this a driver swap. You had to hop. You put it in cruise control and you had to hop out of the driver's seat, go all the way to the back of the van and touch the back window and then come all the way back and hop back in the driver's seat. OK, I never heard of that, but that sounds like. And then the passenger just holds the steering wheel. But no one. It sounds like the success of this is greatly dependent on how good your passenger is at driving with one hand. That and no one comes in front of you or cuts you off. Yeah. It's just could be very bad. Yeah. You know, I'm so happy we don't do those things anymore. It'd be crazy. Like you don't want to mess with the bus for like a bus accident is like everybody's worst nightmare. I've been in one before, but I'll tell you, the bus isn't usually the thing that gets damaged. It's the worst nightmare because whoever you hit is most likely no longer alive. Okay. So yes, on a more serious note, I do not condone any of these things. And I think that they all are stupid. And whenever I did them or thought that they were funny, we were young and hadn't experienced any tragedy in this part of it, you know? Yeah. And so I absolutely agree. I think that they are ridiculous and they're more funny in theory without thinking of the possibility of someone dying, you know? Yeah. A lot of, I would say that goes hand in hand for a lot of the stories. If you ever hear us do say something and it sounds really stupid, it's probably because it is. And we're not saying you should do it. We're just trying to help you learn from our mistakes. We're just trying to take the lightheartedness of the story and make something positive of it because Thankfully, we didn't have to face anything that negative when we did it. You know, yeah. we didn't have to learn the lesson the hard way, which a lot of people aren't so lucky. So, yeah, just take it for what it is. Listen to us. Don't do as we say. Just stop being an idiot. You know, basically, I I think I'm the best at like re-saying classic sayings in a new, more interesting way. You know, when we get $500 an episode on Patreon, that's our first reward. I think we're like a fifth of the way. I think we're up to $100. That's when we're going to start doing merch. And I think that's the first merch we do is your sayings. But hard work and opportunity makes for really great things in your life. Sayings said wrong, put on shirts. I think it'll be, be great. Your slelf. Do you feel how relaxed we are? Usually we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And right now we're like, yeah, man, that sounds great. Cool. I enjoy it. I enjoy this pace of talk. This is a podcast for uh, people that want to relax. You know, maybe this is the one you play right before bed. Oh, yeah. This episode specifically. Yeah. You can just kind of fall asleep to it. 
The other one's like, listen to it while you're driving. Yeah. So you can stay awake. We're doing this one to put Connor asleep on his drive to Michigan. Oh, no, I forgot. Okay. Well, next up, we have our favorite part. We get appreciate our new patrons on Patreon. If you don't know what that is, it's just a way you can sign up and support us on a per episode basis. So we appreciate it very dearly. And you get a few perks. Come hang out in the Discord. It's a good community. People are sharing their great community, sharing their experiences, sharing their stories. And we're learning together, creating a little network. It's our favorite part because we get to say your name, like literally your name. Adam is the first one on the list. <laughs> Christian. Aisha. Josh. Fuck. You got the hard one. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I will. Yeah. I will. A-I-G-U-A-L. I think that's pretty close. But thank you guys hey, for signing uh, up. Well, we appreciate you regardless. Yeah, we appreciate you signing up. All right. Today we're talking about a day in the life of somebody on tour. And you guys know what jobs exist now, but what do these people do all day? When do they leave the bus? Where do they work? How much work do they actually do during the day? These are questions you might ask yourself if you've never toured. And we are here to answer them. Yo, I don't know if you've ever had this, but people sometimes, like I used to do more interviews when I was touring more and they, they, they hit me up and they'd be like, yo, what's like a typical day like for you? I'm like, what? <laughs> a typical day? I'm alive? Yeah. Like, uh, like, is it a show day, a day off, a festival day, a drive? There's so many different types of tour days, let alone sometimes True. I'm on tour and sometimes I'm not. So I never even thought about it like that. Like, I guess, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like a typical day could be one of like 18 days and they're all pretty standard. And they all kind of have their own little formula, but it's like, you don't know what kind of day you're getting into. Well, for me, that's the thing is the day sheet, which probably should be on your glossary if it's not. It's our glossary. Yes. We share it. You're you're compiling the glossary. You're populating the glossary. I'm only saying things out loud and being like, hey, don't forget this one. I think Craig's going to be in charge of the glossary for a while. Oh, I love Craig. Yeah, he's good at typing. That's the thing is like, you know, I don't really know what's happening on any given day until the day sheet tells me the night before. And I because I'm that's the thing about tours. You don't think about it until you're in it. Yeah, it's so much going on. Now you have to give your brain to everything you're doing on tour or else it's not really worth it. So I don't even think about anything outside of that moment. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It's like it's really hard to like if people hit you up to hang out three days from now, you're like, yo, hit me up the in the morning. Hit me up in the morning on the same day. I can't think about that right now. Hit me up 18 minutes before we're going to meet up and we'll meet up. And then hit me up five minutes and then you better appear at the front door and I'll walk you in. <laughs> that It's really funny because like sometimes people are like, hey, I'm here. And I'm like, fuck, where? Yeah, where are you? Where am I? By the thing, I'm like, I haven't left the bus today, so I don't know what you're talking about. You're like, I don't know what state I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to like hit somebody up, somebody else up on the tour. And I'm like, hey, where is this thing? And they're like, oh, um. I know where that's at. I'm like, hey, my friends there. Can you go grab them, or could you tell me how to get there? Yeah, and then eventually we'll meet. I'll meet up. <laughs> Some jobs, like you can think of. I think it's because interviewers are used to talking to people who maybe have normal schedules. Like maybe if you work at a bank or a grocery store, or like no hate to those jobs at all. I'm just talking about stuff that I understand. They have. You start work. You do your job. You work in the area you're assigned to work. You take lunch. You work again. You go home. It doesn't really work like that on tour. Every day is crazy. And different. So today, I think we're going to try to together kind of cover the most averaged out tour day possible. Compile all the average things that happen into one day. Exactly. So it'll be like mostly true and it won't be like a lie, but it'll be sometimes not true also. So like for a quick example of how stuff might change on a festival day is different than a show day because the crew has to load in gear at a set time 
based on when everybody else is loading their stuff in and based on when everybody else's set time. On a show day, you load it at the same time every day because it's just your show you work you work around. So that's an example of how one thing can kind of change the whole schedule. Right. And you're both the end goal for both days is, hey, we're going to play a show. But how you do that is very different. All the variables change. All right. One average day of touring. So everything changes on tour depending on the size of the artist you're with. I don't know. What else? Openers, headliners. Yeah, it depends where you're playing in the day. You know, like what kind of things you have to achieve that day? Like, is there meet and greets? Is there interviews? Is there, are you in a fucking amphitheater? Are you in a arena? Are you in a 200 cap, really small sweat box fun venue where you have all the fun shows? From a band's perspective, Neil, like from your perspective, when you wake up and you have to do your day, Mm -hmm. what's the difference for you between being, being an opener, like or playing earlier in the day, like maybe when you're with Blink or Mm -hmm. doing a headliner when you have, you know, three bands in front of you? I guess to be honest, there's not really too much difference as far as I'm concerned. I think like at this point in my career, everything's kind of down to a science, you know, like you can, you got to wake up, you got to find a place to use the restroom, no matter what, if you're opener or closer. But then the real difference is when sound check will be, that's like a big deal. A lot of times when you're headlining, you're either doing like a meet and greet or something like that. So you got to know when you're going to be interacting with some fans or with some people. And then the other big thing is like when you play. So when you play and how long, uh, when you're opening, you usually play a smaller, more consolidated set that's earlier. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of got to be ready earlier, be prepared mentally to go on stage and, you know, well, the sun's still have a great time. Yeah, exactly. Which is a big deal. I mean, a lot of people don't really think about that, but like being fully exposed on stage can be kind of weird if you're not used to it. So like playing at Warp Tour is fucking a full experience. Uh, and then if you play like in an arena or in a in a club and it's at night and you have your lights and you can look badass and shit like that's a whole different vibe. When you play a headlining set, it's longer and usually the last set of the evening. So you get a little bit more time before you go on. Well, it always stuck out to me and maybe I was just wrong. It's like when you guys or any artist would tour a lot and headline for the majority of the time and then they'd swap over to doing an opening slot or main support and they would finish the show and be like, whoa. We have a whole night ahead of us. Like oh, we're yeah. done for the night. Like, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but that is like a pretty big difference between headlining and opening is like how much you can do in a day because now you can finish, you'll be done playing your show, everything by seven or eight, and then you can just go do stuff. Like you can have a night and you don't have to worry about anything. It's crazy because you get the same time no matter what, really, like it's either before or after, but yeah. like usually when you're headlining, when you're done, everything's closed. Like you don't, you can't go to like the mall can't go to yeah grab food at a restaurant usually like that the dining rooms are usually closed but it's like like you're saying you know like you get done at seven you're like a whole new world. yeah <laughs> like a whole just like opens up to you you're just like holy shit this is badass like why are you guys at this show we can be doing so many cool things like what <laughs> they're like blink 182 is about to play i'm like i'm going to the mall this is fucking what do you mean yeah it's crazy no, and that's why when I was like trying to think about how to break down this episode, it's really hard to refer to your schedule as times of the day, right? It's not like morning, afternoon, and night. It's all so relative to when you're playing your show. Yeah, let's meet up after sound check. Yeah, it's all based on what's going on that day, not what time of day it is. Because like to make an extreme for an example, like if you're with a DJ or something and they're playing at you know 3 a.m., your day probably doesn't start till noon. Because everything is displaced accordingly. So you don't start later. Unless you're with the psycho, which happens too. But I'm just saying like (laughs) you could start later 
and then your morning is actually everybody else's one o'clock in the afternoon. So it just depends who you're with and what you're doing. Not to derail it too much, but I, I just want to touch on one thing that you just said. No, but go for it. Without saying any names, or you can say names if you want, what is the most psycho day you've had, like working with like an artist? Like what what is the most hectic you've dealt with? I'm trying to think. Well, I think just by the nature of it, it's Diplo because of DJ World. And it's the craziest thing we've, what did we do? I flew to straight to Islamabad, Pakistan. Met up, well, it's not straight. It was three flights. We get there. We get there, go through security. We got there at 2 a.m., get to our place. We slept from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. We woke up. We did a whole day. We did not sleep until 4 a.m. that night when we got on our next plane. Diplo left, went back to the U.S., did the Super Bowl and a late night show. We went to Sri Lanka for three days and hung out and vacationed. Then we met him in India, did the show in India one day, drove one day. Then after that, we went from India to, we had a layover, yeah, in Dubai, but we missed our flight. So we had to stay there for like 12 hours and ended up leaving in the morning at like 3 a.m. or something or 5 a.m. And then we flew from there to South America, got to South America, slept for like two or three hours. And then he texted me and said, let's go on a hike. And then we <laughs> took, we walked to this mountain and then we took motorcycles through this favela to the base of a hike and then did a few hour hike. And then we're out for the whole day walking around. And I was just like pretty dead. And I can't remember where the day started and ended. I was going to say, it's like, it's not a day, yeah. but like when you're doing those things, everything is like so much effort, so much work to get from one place to the next that it like everything kind of melts together into this like really long experience. And Working for someone like Diplo, obviously I don't know Diplo from just the stories I've heard and kind of seeing like his persona online and like some of the like wild things that he does. He's just constantly going looking for adventure. And, and I'm sure as soon as he's awake and able to do things, he's like used to. Whereas a lot of times for people, it would be ment mentally fatigue, yeah. fatiguing to constantly travel. When they're doing all that stuff, it's like so like you get amped up too. like when we we're in Dubai, we went to the gym at 2 a.m. Like it's like crazy the amount of stuff that he does, but it's also so encouraging. And keep in mind, there's also like three other people with us. Like we're doing this with other people, the hike and stuff I just did with him. But usually, you know, we're traveling with his uh, lighting guy, his tour manager and his assistant. And we're bouncing around like that. Doing hard things like that is always easier with a group of people. Yeah, it's I think it's pretty fun. It sounds insanely fun. I feel like I wish I was on a DJ's <laughs> tour schedule, but like playing the music that I want to play. Wait, what was your craziest day? Do you know, like, does one come to mind? I mean, some of the, I don't have like any specific ones, but like, I think some of the crazier days for us would be doing the festival touring circuit in Europe uh, during the summer and then being like, okay, so today we're going to be playing Pukul Pop, which is some weird festival where usually there's like all kinds of genres happening in one festival. Yeah. And we'll probably play at like 2 a.m., on the fucking tent stage and then we'll get in our bus drive and then like the next day you're in like somewhere in the netherlands or something playing a show at like 7 p.m and then the next day you have like a headlining show in germany and all of these things like have to happen back to back to back to back and like you were saying you're you're trying to have a good time you're trying to like enjoy yourself staying in all these crazy hotels nothing is like there is no schedule. That's the hardest part is like every you're experiencing all of these hectic days in a row. Yeah. That, and I remember doing those tours with you guys. And I was thinking like Neil and I travel together. Uh, I'm not in the band, but my schedule is the same as Neil's with the exception of I'm up a little bit later and 
go wake up a little bit earlier. Other than that, we pretty much do the same thing because my job is to document him. But the crew for those tours you're talking about has to load out after you're done with the show, then has to get to the next venue. Sometimes they skip hotels sometimes, like, right? Like they'll just sleep on the bus, go to the next venue. They'll like, end, you know, have a late show and then an early show the next day. And they don't sleep for like two hours or something. There's just no time. I mean, it's like all based on necessity. Yeah. And you, that's the one thing I think that's super important to remember when you're getting into touring is like, you can get into a routine and you can get into a schedule, but there's always going to be something that will throw that off. There's always going to be a day you can't plan for. There's like, because the people that are setting these things up, they aren't on tour. Yeah. Like the booking agents, the managers that are kind of like setting up these uh, events and opportunities for the band and or the crew and or the artist, they're not there. So like in their mind, they're like, well, we have 17 hours to get from this place that takes 15 hours to get to. And they're like, well, we're not thinking that the band has to like actually go through security. They have to travel. They have to load their shit. People are just aloof a lot of times or maybe they have to break down all the gear and then they're like oh well there's not actually enough time to get to these places dude it's crazy but you still got to do it yeah so when we're talking about an average day we're not talking about that an average day for most people is you have a show that day you get there at some point during the day you load in you set up and if we could break it down into parts of the day it would be you have the wake up slash the morning then you have the time before load in load in sound check the show load out after show and travel yep. and yeah i mean what we're going to do now is we're going to kind of go through each of those times of the day give you the vibe of what it feels like to be at a venue in the morning or what that's like and then talk about what each person is kind of doing and this will be more of like an overview we're not going to go in depth and tell you how the guitar tech strings the guitar in the morning but we'll tell you that they're doing it <laughs> exactly all right neil start us off what is the vibe? You're at a venue, you wake up, it's the morning. What is going on around you? Like you can just start, I don't know. I've only experienced this a handful of times. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I'm fucking asleep. I'm like a night owl. So I, I'll choose to to spend my time in the evenings after the show. So the, the few times that I've kind of been there, you know, you, you first wake up, you're kind of wandering around looking for a place to use the restroom, place to brush your teeth. You can see people hanging up signs like, you know, depending on how many people you have in your crew, usually it's a tour manager or the production assistant or or someone of that nature. Mm -hmm. You see them kind of like putting up day sheets, which is kind of what we talked about earlier. It's just a piece of... I was going to say, what are signs? Yeah, so a sign, yeah. You can like talk about like what that is at a venue. Like that's a really important part that happens right in the morning before anybody gets I out of the I didn't even bunk. think about this, but when you get to a venue that you haven't been to or you haven't been to in a long time the rooms are being utilized differently. A lot of times, you know, like sometimes you'll come in on a tour and there's the headliner needs two dressing rooms or the production assistant needs a dressing room, whatever. So you have to like label all of these different rooms and how to get to them. So that'll be like leaving the bus or the van. If you go right here, you can get to catering. So you got to have a sign that kind of talks about that because it's different every single day. Yeah, it'll be like an arrow and it'll, what'll happen is it'll be like a sign that says catering dressing rooms and then there'll be arrows pointing in directions so you just kind of like can wander around until you get to where you need to go you're like just like in the morning i'm like a zombie i'm like uh dressing room and it's like signs it's like this way that i'm like i don't know yeah uh, i'm gonna try this way and then you get you finally get there and you're like oh okay yeah we're here but then as you learn it for the day you know you're, you're doing it all day you're doing it doing it, doing it. Then you wake up that next morning you're in a new place you're just like fuck <laughs> i have to go to the bathroom what yeah, I have to go to the bathroom like right now. And if you didn't have the signs, you'd kind of be screwed. So signs are everything, especially backstage. Like 
it's your way of your directions. There's no uh, no other way to put it. Yeah, and and Neil's talking from it's good because usually it would be like, well, usually the band does this, but Neil is the band, so he's telling you exactly what the band does, and they're they're on their own schedule, right? I would say they operate. There's the crew and there's the artist and they're operating kind of on their own schedules. I mean, everybody's on their own schedule. But in the morning, the first person awake is the tour manager because they do the signs that Neil's talking about. They put up the day sheets, which are the sheets that tell you everything that's going on in the day. And then all the texts like sound, lights, production, they're all basically getting ready for the day. So they're probably drinking coffee. Yes. They're probably brushing their teeth and they're just getting up and ready to go. And you know, sometimes the morning doesn't exist, right? Sometimes you'll get to a venue and you've got to go right away, depending on how long the drive is. But usually, you know, you can wake up at the venue, do your morning thing. Yeah. And I think one thing that's going to happen this whole time is photographers slash videographers and merch are kind of in their own world. So in the morning, photographers are probably editing or videographers are probably editing something together. And merch is just their job doesn't really rely on anybody else on the tour. They kind of just handle it on their own. Yeah, they're very disconnected in that sense. Like yeah. their whole world exists in a different place than the rest of the touring party, really. They're out in front of house. They're in the front of the venue outside of like the security. They are where the people that are coming to the show are and they exist there most of the time, except for when they're pulling more merch. But that's on their own schedule as well. So they don't really interact with us except for when you see them in passing. Yeah, and depending on the size of the show, the, the merch guy is either the person building the merch area and then selling it or if it's a bigger show their job is to just make sure that the correct merchandise gets to each of the different areas in the venue so depending on the size in the morning they'll be like scouting the venue or figuring out where their you know their area to set up is or counting something they have a lot of counting to do and a lot of numbers to basically add up and figure out it's kind of a crazy thing and like i think adam was saying earlier it's like or i made the joke earlier like i don't I haven't seen mornings at the venue too often <laughs> yeah i'm asleep Man, like I'm up. I love it. There's not much to do for the band in the morning. I'll usually be up because I have to work, but I also just like having my own time. And sometimes artists that I'm with will be up in the morning too. Yeah, there is a few psychopaths that like to be up in the morning. I'm probably I'm probably the psychopath. I like to be night owl, stay up till like six AM. Remember that one time in Europe when you wouldn't wake up until sound check? Yes. And it was the best time of my life. <laughs> I think it was like everybody was on the schedule where nobody would wake up till like four in the afternoon. Then everybody <laughs> would go to bed at like five AM. It was so weird. That was the transition time for a day to remember because like we were getting bigger in Europe. Yeah. And we were experiencing growing pains where we wanted some creature comforts that we couldn't really afford or that didn't really exist yet. You know, at that time, international phone plans didn't really exist. And I was kind of having trouble staying in contact with people back in the States. And all I wanted was Wi-Fi. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I'm not fucking going in the venue until we get Wi-Fi or whatever. And there was just no way to do it. And so eventually I caved and went in the venue. But no, you said, I remember you had a guitar brought to the bus. Yeah. And I did sound check from the bus with my ears <laughs> in the bus. It was so funny. It was freezing out. Just doesn't work. <laughs> I hated, oh man, the colds. I'm from Florida. So the cold really destroys me. Yeah. I'm human. So the cold destroys me. <laughs> <laughs> you are not human. That's such a lie. You were from another planet. Okay. So I have a, a section now called before load in, which I think is called, I called it the BLI because that stands for before load in. Can we make mm -hmm. that a term? I'll add it to the glossary and it'll just become a term that nobody will be like, no, that it didn't, wasn't one. The BLI. It sounds like a sandwich I would order at like a deli or something. Bacon, lettuce, and... Lies. Oh, wait, sorry. That's not an I. <laughs> Bacon, lettuce, and... What starts with the I? They can eat. Idiots. Before loading is mostly the same as above, but 
Yeah, maybe this isn't a real section. I just kind of like, this is the section, I guess this is kind of the morning for most people. Well, yeah, like, I feel like this is like when you're a touring crew member, this is your time that you can kind of get stuff done that you want to do. This is your time to really worry about you, you know, because you have that, like you said earlier, you woke up early to edit photos and have you time. This is where you kind of get that time when you're a working crew member. Yeah, and, and the time changes depending on the size of the tour. Like an arena tour, load-in will start early because there's a lot of gear. A bus tour that's maybe not an arena but in a big venue might not start until 10 or noon. And then a van tour, you could load in like two hours before your sound check. Yeah, and, and you're in a van tour, shit's kind of, you can't, there's nothing that's the same. It's just you're doing it and then you get through it and then you're happy. But yeah, so this is the time where like load-in is where I would say like cruise days start with the exception of merch, TMs, and photographer. But tech, like techs, guitar techs, drum techs, the sound people, the lights, production, most of their days start at loaded. It's kind of like this. You got, you got less gear. There's less time, fewer people. Mm-hmm. Just kind of breaks down like that. And so you basically start with the TM. They've already been working. They've hanging up signs. They've doing all that shit. They're making sure the band's dressing room. They, they basically are the tour parents. They're overseeing all aspects, making sure everyone has what they need. Where do my kids go today? Exactly. You know, like they got to make sure that the techs have their area. They got to make sure that the bands got the dressing room that they need. They got to make sure that the runner, which is the person that kind of leaves the venue for uh, any person that is working at the venue. And they're from the local area. Yeah, they're, they're from they're, those are the people that happen to be hired that day and they are new every single day. They don't travel with the tour a lot of times or at all, really. And they you got to make sure they have the list of stuff they need to run to the store and get. You need to make sure that they're organized and they're using their time efficiently. And then you got to basically set up the schedule based on what's happening that day. Yeah, that makes sense. And then everybody else has to just do their own thing. And then, you know, you got us in the band. We're fucking sleeping still. Hey, you got you had to rock out. Okay, so then we get to a big part of the day, which is the the load in. And the load in is when they bring all the gear in from wherever it's been traveling. Maybe if you're in a van, it's in a trailer. If you're on a bus, you probably have some semi-trucks and a trailer. Usually the merge is just in the in the bus trailer if you're in a bus tour, but because they load in separately. But all the gear is in a semi-truck, and it's, correct me if I'm wrong, Neil, I'll be honest, I'm the photographer, I don't load in. This is a little bit of me just observing, but I think that crew helps unload the truck no matter what their job is. They all do everything together. Yeah, it's called the push. The push. So a lot of times when you're doing a bus tour or an arena tour or a... Uh, an amphitheater or a shed tour is what those are called. You'll have a local crew that comes in and then you'll have the people that are the touring crew will direct to their specific areas that they would like their stuff done Mm -hmm. and everything's on wheels. Everything's in cases. So it's called a push because you say, Hey, I need you to push my guitar boat over to stage. Right. And then, so everyone pushes that shit and then you have to push the PA out everyone pushing and then everyone works together to get the things out of the truck and into the respective areas. And then the crew members take over the techs yeah, or the lighting techs or the sound guys. They take over and unload their respective gear, but everyone's working together in the beginning. Yeah. So just to make it crystal clear, there's the touring crew, which is usually, if you can think of it as kind of like the people in charge. And then there's the local crew, which are people from the area and they're listening to the touring crew and helping them move, do all the heavy lifting and get all their stuff to the area needs to be. The local crew knows the venue really well and the touring crew knows their gear really well. And together they kind of get everything to where it needs to be. And so that's what text, sound, light, production is doing. The band probably still waking up, doing their thing. 
the photog is probably getting ready for the band to get up, finishing their editing. And the merch guy is off in their own world, probably counting stuff in. They've loaded all their boxes in. They're setting up their merch. And then, I don't know, the TM doesn't load in. The tour manager or personal assistants, if they have one, are communicating the needs of the artist with the venue, making sure, like you already said this, making sure the dressing rooms are okay. They're basically just making sure everything other than the gear and the stage setup is all flowing. So all the places that people need to exist, catering and everything like that. Well, it's also too based on like necessity, right? Like they have the most responsibility and they need that time to get all of their ducks in a row. Like, yeah. Whereas the techs and everybody, they have their own certain responsibilities, but it is not like an overarching responsibility. Like the TM is worried about everybody, whereas the tech is a more generalized focus on my person that I'm working for today needs this. And so they kind of have these times where they can like push and pull on what is needed. Yeah. And I, and I know we're not going through exactly what each person is doing fully. Like the TM does a lot of other stuff. Like they spend their whole day sending emails and getting ready for the other shows. Like the TM works a lot. So keep in mind, we're just kind of walking through what happens in the visible venue. And the point of this is like, when you're doing whatever job you're doing and you see other people doing their job, you have an understanding of what is going on in their world and why they're where they're at. Because for so many years while I toured, I was like, what do all these people do? What is going on? And I have to go <laughs> talk to them and like figure out their job. I'm like, well, how does it, what does a sound guy do in the front of it? Like, so the sound's on, like what else is there to it? And it's like, no, there's an art to it. But you know, from coming from my position, I just didn't know. Well, on the different levels too, it's like, you know, when you're in an arena tour, you got to bring in your own PA and you got to set up the PA every single day. When you're in a, uh, I guess like a venue tour or club tour. They already have it. Yeah, it's in there. You know, you kind of show up, you see what you're working with, and then you have to see what you need to make the show happen. Because a lot of times it's not always there. Yeah. And a PA is? Public address system is a PA. What the hell is that? Yes. So like, I guess if you're having like a um, an event and someone you need to address the public on a larger scale, you have a PA. Oh. Allow, you have to amplify your voice as a public address system. All right, that makes sense. Well, okay, so in a lot of these things too, like so before there was a, a full need for like live sound to be in a band and have a concert, a lot of these pieces were pulled from like radio mm -hmm. or broadcast. Yeah. So a lot of the terms are, are from that world of like the 40s, 50s, 30s, 20s, when those things were being brought up as a necessity for telling news to large groups of people. Uh, that makes sense. Okay, so after everybody loads the gear in, it kind of goes without saying, they then set their gear up. So whatever world they're in, they're going to build their world. That's going to happen. You know, they'll set up their guitars, do whatever. And they're all getting everything ready for the next step, which is, which is sound check. Sound check. That'd be cool if we put uh, an effect on that part. Sound check, 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 check. We're elevating our production level here on Don't Shit on the Bus podcast. So basically the TM... He goes in, makes sure the band gets on stage on time. He then leaves his office to go and work on food orders. <laughs> he Basically, he is the person that is responsible for all things happening. So he has to make sure that the band gets there on time because if the band's not there on time, then the whole rest of the schedule's fucked up. He has to make sure that the techs are ready for the band when the band gets there so that no one's waiting on anybody. Yeah, everything needs to smooth. Yeah, and if, if you can kind of imagine, now the venue is all set up, right? The speakers are set up, the worlds are set up, so everywhere you tech the guitars, or if it's like a DJ, the DJ area is set up on stage, if the production, you know, if they, have, if they have LED big walls, those are all set up. Everything is set up and built, 
And then the artist comes on stage and kind of does a run through of a few songs and they look around visibly to make sure everything looks right. And this is a chance for the front of house people to, you know, the sound at front of house to check their programming and make sure it sounds right in all areas of the room. And this is the time when the lighting person will focus their beams or make sure that other lighting looks right with the artist on stage. And the production team will kind of make sure that, you know, they'll do a test of their CO2 to make sure that works and that everything is in place. So this is kind of like the dress rehearsal they do every day to just dummy check because so much stuff goes wrong on tour all the time. Yeah, you're constantly moving and you're constantly having to set things up. And even though you're doing it every day, like there's a new venue with a new schematic of how things need to be set up to where it'll fit in these new dimensions. Sometimes that causes things to be not utilized properly, Mm -hmm. not set up, not plugged in. Maybe you've skipped a step, but this is your chance to kind of correct those things before it's all systems go time for the show. You can't go back. If you fuck it up at soundcheck, it's okay. It's completely normal to fix the things that are wrong. And then you move on and hopefully you don't make the same mistake during the show or else you'll be murdered in the back after the show. I mean, that's just how touring works. If you fuck up during the show, you're killed. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And sometimes like, Soundcheck is the first time the techs that work with the artists will see the artist during the day. And that's their chance to ask questions or run stuff by them. Sometimes, like I know Neil, for example, like maybe you'll wake up and have a coffee and go hang out with your tech and talk to him about some stuff. But, you know, it just depends on the artist and what they're. So that's like the that's like the business time. And that's something that you're going to kind of have to pick up on when you tour. There's really a time and a place for everything. It wouldn't make sense, for example, for Neil's tech to go on his bus around Loden and just start asking Neil questions. That's just not kind of how it works. And that goes along with reading the room. You really, there's a right time for him to do that. And that's before they actually start sound checking, ask him a few questions, do stuff correctly. But you have to be very intentional about when you do things. Yeah, it's everyone's working on a schedule, too. It's like you may not like. So, for instance, from the viewpoint of a tech looking at the artist, they're like, you just woke up. You're not doing shit. It's like, yeah, but the the artist schedule is it's different. Like it's very mentally draining to go out and put on and do a show and be very entertaining and do all these things. So it takes a lot of time to rest up. You may be doing interviews all morning for the said show later on that day. You may be catching up with family members and doing these things. And everyone is on a schedule. Yeah. And you got to respect other people's time. And so there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. It can't just be like, well, I'm going to go do this now. Because it's just, you got to have that sense of normalcy somehow. And that's how kind of how you get it is through scheduling. And for me, for a photographer on tour, like their job is to follow the artist. And sometimes you want to get, you know, a group shot or do something specific. And that's probably one of the hardest parts is figuring out when you can kind of get the whole band together. And sound check is assuming everybody's showered and awake. Not always the case or they want to be photographed at that time. You might have to communicate it to them ahead of time. But sound check's a good chance to get everybody together for a photograph sometimes. So you're always like, Neil, before we go to stage, can we take a group picture? I'm like. No, Adam. <laughs> the other thing, too, is on tour, sarcasm is rampant. It's always there, you know, like. But it's real. Once you kind of have a schedule and once you kind of have things set up, people are just going to start fucking around and just having a good time. Yeah. And you have to understand, too, that there's a lot of different personality types on tour. And these people take these times to just, you know, take the piss, have fun, make a joke. Sarcasm is everywhere. Don't take everything super seriously. This isn't really have anything to do with this part of the episode or this at all, but it's just a good reminder to keep in mind that you're all there. You're all working towards a common goal. And a lot of times people use sarcasm to break the monotony of what's going on. Yeah. 
Agreed. Although sometimes there's serious direction in the sarcasm, so be watching out. <laughs> yeah, you gotta fucking... You gotta be ready for it. Be ready. <laughs> yeah, Merch is again in their own world, setting up their table, doing their final counts, getting their numbers right, getting ready for doors, which is when there's, a, there's definitely a period of time where people are let in the venue before the show starts at all, and that's when Merch does a lot of sales, so... They have to be ready for doors, not for the show. Yeah, doors. Add it to the glossary. Yeah, it's another term for the glossary. So doors are when the show opens, but it hasn't started yet. That's when the kids are let in. And kids is a, I put that on the glossary too. It's a general term to refer to people attending a show regardless of their age. It doesn't matter. It's just a term. Like I'm a 32-year-old kid. Yes. Can I want to hear all the terms I have for the glossary so far? Yes. Walk you in. Huh? Because it's like, hey, I'll walk you in. Oh, yeah, but... Is that a term or no? Yeah. It means walking. I don't know. It might not be a term. (laughs) (laughs) It means walking. It means what it says. Booking agent, manager, signs at venue. So signs. Pulling merch, runner, the push, shed slash amphitheater, local crew, doors. No, I think it's an amazing start. I think it's such a good idea, too. It's like... We've got like 50 already. We know these things because we've lived them our life, and I don't even think about them. It's like so second nature. Yeah. So it's nice. Walkie. You got to have walkie. Oh, yeah. Copy. Walkie. All right, we got it. Sorry, we're building our list live. But anyway, Glossary, it's available if you're on our Patreon. We'll put it public eventually. Just let us give us some time to make it like 200 lists, 200 terms. Sign up for our Patreon to get full access to all amazing things. Yes. Anyways, back to the podcast. All right, you've done sound check. Doors are open. Kids are coming in. Bands are getting ready. Next step is the show. This is when Neil from A Day to Remember wakes up. Yep. 6 p.m. The show, I guess there's like a little bit of time before the show. I'd say there's like, if you're in the band, there's a significant time in your schedule that's like an hour before you play where you start getting ready for stage. But for everybody else, that doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, the techs are getting ready. They're doing their thing, but they're like, they're not like, now or before a show, I have to do this, this, and this. Or do they? I don't know. Usually like that time right before doors is, is like quiet time. You're not going to make noise on like any of your loud instruments. You're not going to do any of these things. It's like your little time to reflect before the whole chaos starts of the show. Yeah. And then the show begins, right? So at this point, the TM, if there is a PA or if there is not a PA, they're making sure the band gets from the dressing room to the stage. They might stay at the stage to make sure things go as well. Or they're using this time to kind of take care of the things that they need to do, like settling the show, which means that they're going to go over the deal points. Neil. Yes. This is PA personal assistant, not audio system. No, I know. I know you know, <laughs> but I'm telling the people that are listening because we didn't say for, you know what I mean? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> this is so stupid. This is the dumb thing about our world is like without context, things make no sense. So like I could be like the TMPA and you're like, he's inside the sound system. <laughs> no. So, OK, with the context, yeah. the personal assistant or the PA works very closely with the tour manager. They work hand in hand to make sure depending on the level of the touring, the tour manager is the PA and they work hand in hand with the band to make sure all the shit happens and you know, whatever, everything's going correctly. They're big enough to have a PA. The PA usually deals directly with the artist Mm -hmm. and the techs and the other people on the tour to make sure that they're fed and they have what they need to interact with the runner, things like that. Sorry about that. I just want to make sure we specified because we're going on PA and I thought audio system. I was like, if I thought it, then people listening thought it. They're like, Neil, what the fuck are you talking about? They can't be in the PA. The files are in the computer. They're in Pennsylvania. What is he talking about? (laughs) The third abbreviation. Okay. I don't remember where you were. Yeah, no, I I remember. So if you have a PA, this is the point where the PA is interacting with the band being like, yo, 
15 minutes to show, five minutes to show. They're making sure you're getting ready, you're dressed, you have all the things you need. You have your in-ear monitors, if that's what you're using, which is basically the monitoring system for the band to hear everything on stage. Yeah. If they're playing too big of a venue. They make sure you have these little things like, hey, drummer, grab your drumsticks when you're going to stage. You're supposed to be doing these things before you go on. Do them now. Mm-hmm. It's up to them to kind of like let everyone know this shit has to happen now. We're doing it now. Mm-hmm. At this point, the techs... They're getting the instruments ready. Yeah. Guitar, drums, keyboard, whatever. DJ booth. They're fixing that shit. Hopefully, if anything needs to be fixed, it's already done by this point. And they're just doing the fine tuning to be like, here's the artist. Let me give them their instrument of their craft. And then everybody's in place. Everybody's ready. There's usually a countdown or something. And then maybe a song that leads up to the show. Like I know some people have specific songs. And then the show starts. Just ready, full board there. You can't turn back. And when the show starts, Neil, tell everybody without saying what everybody else is doing. Without, I'll do the text and stuff and what their job is. Okay. But tell them what your job is on stage. To be entertaining. Yeah. You know, we have to be able to not think about anything else going on in the world except for what is going on in that moment and convey emotion and play these songs or act if you're, you know, on a, let's say you're on a Broadway tour or whatever. Yeah. Whoever, whatever the situation of the show is, you have to go and perform that as good as possible because the people that are there, they want to see you at your best. So you have to give your best. And they're the most important, like they are the most important people in a venue, the fans, the people in the audience. So they paid to be there. They make everybody's living possible. And it's always important to remember that everybody is there to give them a good show. Like basically what they are buying is this experience. Mm -hmm. And so you have to give this experience to the best level every night, no matter what. And that's why it's so important that the techs, the sound, the lighting, they're all on point because they are making sure that the artist feels confident enough to do this and give this performance at 100 every night, no matter what. During the show, the techs are preparing the instruments for the next song so the band doesn't have to think about it. And if anything messes up on stage... If you ever look stage, if you ever look on the sides of the stage, stage left, stage right, downstage, if you look in those areas or upstage, you'll see techs looking at their artist constantly. And if they're not doing something with their hands, they're watching the artist to look for nonverbal communication so that if anything breaks, if anything messes up, they can fix it as fast as possible because we're on the same team. We just want a good show. And that's what the people on stage are doing. Now, do you want to do like what's going on at front of house? So that's the area for you guys who don't know. It's in the middle of a venue. It might block your view if you're in the back, but there's some people with some big soundboards or light boards and what they do during the show. They're the ones really, they have a perfect either view for lights or a perfect place to listen for sound. You know, they need to be right in the center focal point of the PA to make sure that everything is heard by everybody. They're making these decisions from this great either focal spot or audio listening spot. And there is a necessity for them to be there. You know, they are calling all the shots for all of that. So the lighting person, they are basically, they need to see everything to make sure their cues are on time. They have uh, in-ears monitoring as well, so they can hear everything on time. Same with the audio people, front of house guy or girl. They're out there. They have their own monitoring system that they can kind of pull up things and listen to things separately. Uh, But then they're also listening to things on the bigger scale through the PA. But they need to make decisions on a fly. They need to be on time with the music happening so that they can, you know, convey the proper sound to everyone in the venue. Yeah, they're basically controlling all your visuals and audios, like you're saying, constantly. And then while that's happening, there's usually a production manager, somebody in charge of 
whatever happens on stage that isn't music or lights is taken care of by the production manager. So whether that be, or, or maybe an assistant, depending, it depends what ties the tour, but confetti or streamers or beach balls or something changes or there's cryo, all those things, there's somebody in charge of those to make sure they go off at the right time. And if it's fire, they're on there making sure that nobody gets hurt. So all these things have a system to them. Their job is like probably one of the most important, I think, because yeah, everything that's happening on stage costs money, right? Oh, yeah. And if it doesn't go off or doesn't happen during the show, you still pay for it as an artist or as a group that's touring. And so the people that are coming to the show, they, they may have seen some things online and they're really excited to see certain parts of the show. And if they don't happen, you feel let down. And that's a very big thing, you know, like production manager has a lot on their shoulders and the production team really, they're a huge part of everything that happens happening correctly and at a timely manner. So that, that shit is, if you want to get into that line of work, be prepared for carrying the whole show on your shoulders. It's a huge responsibility, but it's someone's got to do it and you need good people to do it. So we mentioned this earlier and we kind of talked about stage directions and a lot of these things are kind of unknown to people that go to concerts. So all of stage directions are from the point of view of the person on stage. So it basically, you can start at center, you know, you're standing in the middle of the stage. And then from there, you kind of have stage right, which is actually the left side of the stage or stage left, which is actually the right side of the stage. And then when you're looking forward towards the audience, that's actually the downstage. We mentioned that earlier. And then behind you is actually upstage. So that's kind of more towards the drummer or the back of how like back of the stage. It's all very confusing. I'll make a diagram and put it on the blog post that is associated with this. Yes. Send me that diagram. I'll put it on the blog post on don'tshitonthebus.com. So if you're confused, that's okay because it took us a while to even think about how to say it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If you're confused, welcome to the fucking club. Yeah, well <laughs> like we've been touring for 15 years and this shit's fucking confusing. I'm like stage fucking who cares? Go over there. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like that. It's just when you're explaining things to people that work in and touring, it really does help like, hey, upstage left. Everyone, no matter where you're at in the venue, if you're in the audience or if you're on stage, if you learn these kind of confusing directions, it really will make a difference. And we haven't learned them, so it doesn't really make that big of a difference. But still, you know, it is a good thing to learn. Don't do as we say, not as we do. Do as we are, not as we try. Merch. Merch during the show is doing what we like to call slinging merch, which is selling merch. Yeah, you got to sling that shit. And if they're doing a, if they're at a big show, like an arena, they're not actually selling it themselves. There's people selling it. They just bring the orders or the deliveries to each table to make sure they're stocked up on everything they need. It's very important. It's like, because you can't sell something you don't have there. Neil, I have a cool story. Okay. Okay. You know what double dipping is when you're on tour, right? That was like a term I wanted to go over. It's like like whenever I lick a pretzel and then put it back into the dip. Exactly. That's double dipping always. But double dipping on tour is like maybe Neil's guitar tech also texts for the opening band because he's not doing anything during that time and he'll make twice as much money for the same amount of work. Well, more work, but the same amount of time. You're there anyways. You might as well. All right. Lincoln Park double dips their semi-truck drivers. Did you know this? What do they dip them in? Dude, it's so cool. So Lincoln Park on their stage has spotlights that people sit in on the top oh. of their stage in these little pods and they have spotlights and they, you know, they're follow spots. They follow each member of the band that isn't 
the main people. And that's what their semi-truck drivers do during their show. And then afterwards they get, you know, because I mean, if a semi-truck driver goes to bed at like 9 a.m. and sleeps for 10 hours, that's still you're up way before the show, 987. You got to be up and ready to go right when the show ends, because once the truck's loaded, you got to drive. Yeah. So you're there anyways. And they're there overseeing the loading of the truck sometimes too. So they get paid. I mean, I don't know how much they get paid, but that's awesome. And I think it's funny. They They're have... really good at using lights <laughs> to stay safe. Yeah. Like when they drive, they turn them on. At night. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We're piecing it all together. I'm still confused as to what they dip them in, but like <laughs> I understand how Lincoln Park uses the spotlight people now. Yes, we got it. After the show is over, we have loadout slash after show. Loadout if your crew, after show if your band, I guess. Well, after show if your crew too, but it's after loadout. And this is when... The tour manager kind of makes sure this is when like everybody's taking the gear off stage or putting it on the they're repacking it. There's a certain order gets packed in so that it's ready to get unpacked the next day. Um, after they're finished loading out, the crew will all try to take showers. The band is taking showers right now. The merch people are counting their merch. They're the tour manager is settling, which means they're, you know, getting paid for the night from the venue or the promoter or the correct term. I'm not quite sure. You can tell me who pays who. I don't know the logistics of it. The promoter. The promoter will pay the tour manager based on the contract that they have agreed to beforehand. Yeah. And photographers downloading photos and editing stuff. And honestly, that's, and people are eating food. It's basically like wine downtime. And you know, people have a beer, smoke a little, they'll do whatever they do to like enjoy their night, take their personal Settle time. Settle back into a real thing. Like, Hey, there's no more schedule at this point. You can relax. Unwind. You know, this is your time to get ready to go to bed, to be, do what you do to feel normal, to feel human. And hang out with each other. It's like everything's done. You can talk about the show. This is the best part. There is one thing you mentioned earlier. You know, you said everyone's taking showers. One thing that is super important to remember is there is an etiquette, kind of how these things go. Oh, yeah. The band will usually walk off stage, hop in the shower first. And most of the time it's in a timely manner. Sometimes they need a little bit of time to wind down. And But you have to make sure that you're not stepping on anyone's toes. So the touring, usually the band will take showers as the techs and everyone is loading their gear. So when they're done loading their gear, they can just walk right in and take a shower. Usually there's only a certain number of showers. You don't want to hop in front of somebody, make someone mad. It's just a certain little etiquette things that you no one is going to tell you. You should just know. And the only way you know is if you listen to our podcast. So make sure yeah. that you tell all your friends to listen to our podcast. Yeah. But we got you. We're going to make sure that you're not getting fired for taking the shower out of turn. But yeah, it just depends on how many there are. And, you know, we've traveled in Europe and areas like we've done tours. I think it was like 2011. It was you guys bring me maybe 2010. We did that Euro tour. We had some venues where there was like one shower and nobody could use it. It was so bad. Like we would definitely have nights where we went to bed feeling like trash. When the shower is more disgusting than like outside of the shower, like you don't want to get in the shower. You just would rather just exist as a human. That's a little dirty. Europe's got some stuff that's older than our country. That is absolutely. I've been in a shower that was made in 1493. And had bacteria that they don't fucking even have names. They for don't even anymore. export it's, it. It's called Chad. It's a living organism. Yeah. It's disgusting. Well, that, I mean, that's pretty much it. We hope that you guys kind of have a better understanding of what a day is like on tour. I think if I were to sum it up and you can kind of do it in your own words too, Neil, but everybody's working together. Everything has a schedule, a reason, and it's just important you're doing the right thing at the right place at the right time, always on tour. Be mindful. You know, don't take up too many, too much time from somebody else because everyone is on their own schedule. Yeah. It's super important. And some things that are going to take some time to figure out when you're on tour and it's totally normal is like when 
do you fit in your personal time? When can you squeeze it in? When do you eat? When do you, you know, hydrate? All those things you're going to kind of have to fit in because nobody really stops working. It's constant. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You know what else is a lot of work? Opening a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I've only learned that recently. I think the best thing to take away from this is, like we were saying, just be mindful of other people's time. Try to be on time. Mm -hmm. Be courteous. If you're going to do something, do it well. Do it right the first time because you won't have the time to go back and do it again. And if you can, like Adam was saying, fit those important moments, like talk to your family. Just understand that like, you got to fit it in when you can. You can't be like, and if you're like, hey, I'm planning on doing this in like 20 minutes and someone comes to you and they're like, hey, I need you to go check on merch right now because doors are about to open. Mm -hmm. You can't be like, uh, give me five minutes. Yeah, you can't I'm going to call my mom. <laughs> can't do that. It doesn't. Yeah. Life, life, the rest of life just honestly ceases to exist when you're working on the road. You have so little. It's a huge sacrifice. And it is, I will say this, it's like, it's something that I think is worth it. Let's be real. I mean, I, I love being on the road. I love touring. It has defined me as a human being. It's taught me everything that I love about life, a lot of culture, a lot of awesome food, a lot of uh, amazing things through travel and touring, how to live with people. I, when, I, when I got my girlfriend and we decided to move in and we got and became my wife, I was able to do that from being on tour and living with people not being a complete psychopath. You're like, where's your bunk? She's like, I came from the touring world too. Shut up. We're sharing this bed. And I said, yes, ma'am. She actually has a job that we haven't covered because it exists only like it doesn't exist unless you're really high up. So uh, niche. Yeah. She's a chef. Well, she's a vegan chef. She's a vegan touring chef. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, joining us on Don't Shit on the Bus episode seven. Join us next week. We are talking about Neil. Guess what we're talking about next week? Touring. Money. <laughs> Oh, how much you get paid on tour and how to figure out what to get paid on tour. I love touring and I also have found a really fun feeling for money as well. So this could be a good episode for you. I love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody that celebrates that shit. Happy regular Thursday for everyone that doesn't. I fucking except for it's Monday. I'm just happy. But thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm saying this is now now and you are in the future and we love you regardless. All right, I've been Adam, and I will always be him. And I've been Adam, too. You said that last week. And I will be Adam for two weeks. All right, sounds good. We will catch you next time on Don't Shit on the Bus. All right, take us out, Goodbye. Kevin. Goodbye.